It's snacking and get cracking with a snack that packs a protein punch. Pistachios are known for their protein power, fiber, and better for you unsaturated fats for a combination that may help you keep feeling fuller longer. Wonderful Pistachios is a good source of protein with zero gill. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. I love that they come in a variety of sizes and flavors, making this the perfect protein snack for any on-the-go adventure. Check out wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more about how these little green wonders can power up your day. Welcome back, everyone, to the Flow Track Podcast. I'm Kevin Sully in Austin, Texas, joined from a hotel room somewhere in the southwestern United States by Gordon Mack. Happy Friday, Gordon. I may be in a hotel room, but my audio sounds better than you. That's Ouch. the situation. Ouch. You need to get your computer fixed, man. Yeah, I got Yeah, I get the high quality audio back, you know? The Dolby know. Digital Surround Sound Kevin Sully audio. I pride myself on good audio, so it's been a tough last two episodes. Again, I still feel weird without the headphones. The headphones also were an excuse for why my hair was sort of out of sorts. And now with them off, I don't really have an excuse. It sort of kept it all tamped down. But in the coming weeks, we will we will have a fix for the audio. But until then, we'll just roll like this. Subscribe to the YouTube page if you haven't. Download the show, audio only, wherever you get podcasts. It's... It's a, it's a great time to be a track and field fan. I'll just say that because we have so much to talk about to, uh, today. Gordon, we got the Mount Sack meet. We have an insane 1500 going on tonight for the men in the NCAA. But first, I just want to check in with you. How's your trip going? Hey, man, trip's been wild. It's been good. We uh, went to Page, Arizona. Do you know where that is? It's uh, two hours from... Flagstaff, and we didn't have any plans. And we're like, "Hey, let's see if there's a kayak." I call a place, get a kayak. We drive to this this water area, put the kayak on the water. We start kayaking, and then all of a sudden, we're like in Antelope Canyon, which is like this very like picturesque things that you probably seen like on Instagram. It looked like sandstone, and then. You, 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 we kayaked for like two miles and then we get to this spot and then we're on this trail that goes for another like 10 plus miles. We don't go the whole 10, but it was wild. It was cool. I'll probably, Jojo will probably put up an Instagram photo to show the coolness of it, but I got a workout, man. My shoulders are killing me. Paddling for two miles out and two miles back. It's very work, but I sat, I sat, it was a two person kayak and I sat in the, the back seat. So Jojo didn't really know when I wasn't paddling. So I took a little break yeah. a couple times. So that's okay. Whenever you're in a two person kayak, always sit in the back seat because you they don't know when you're not paddling. That's the key. <laughs> listen. That's what I learned. Listen. These are good, good tips, good, good tricks. Uh, if anybody wants to follow along on Gordon's uh travels, we can put up the Instagram page right there. Travis has it. Just a beautiful photo there from you and Jojo. Good to see you guys are out there having fun. In your absence on Wednesday, I talked with Mile Splits' Olivia Ekpone about the DK Metcalf story, among other things. You haven't had a chance to to weigh in. Now, we got a lot to to get to, and I know this is going to be an important topic for you. So I'll just ask you to to limit your response to to four minutes here. What were your thoughts about DK Metcalf deciding to actually run this race this weekend at the USATF Golden Games? 
I was surprised he's putting his money where his mouth is. He said that he thinks he's a, a world-class runner. And now you can, there's a lot about talking it, but now you can actually show up and see it. So he doesn't have to do this. No one is asking him to do this. He's doing it on his own. Yeah, I don't think he's put out any release saying like, watch out, Trayvon Bromel, I'm coming for you. Uh, the people who are really hyping it are like the non-track people who are like calling it his DK Metcalf to run at track meet with the hopes of making this making the Olympic team, which is like a, mm -hmm. a little a little bit of a stretch because he's not going to run sub 10:05 and qualify for the Olympic trials, let alone finish top three at the Olympic trials. But mm -hmm. you know that's national media for you. Uh, but hey, man, it's going to be fun. Everyone's going to watch it. Uh, you're going to want to watch him get smoked or you're going to want to watch him smoke people who he shouldn't be smoking. And I'm excited to see it go either way. If I was a betting man, I would be on the side of it going, he gets smoked versus him smoking others. Uh, I think he's going to struggle with not having a good start. Um, there's something there's, there's a lot of technique to sprinting that you can't just like step onto the track and run, you know, football players are used to, the clock starts when you start, right? There's no yeah. like yeah. gun reaction time. He's got to learn to do that. Obviously he's run a little bit in high school. So he knows a little bit about it, but that's a long time ago. I also did some things in high school. I was an engineer in college and I don't know any of my engineering formulas anymore. So you forget things that you learned from five to 10 plus years ago. So I don't think he's going to do that. Well, you put the over under at 1035. I don't know about you, but if I was a bookie, I would love your line because I would hammer that over on 1035 <laughs> because there's no way in hell he's running sub 1035. The only way he runs sub 1035, if it's like a 7.0 win, like we had at the Cal the Colonial Athletic Championships. Yeah. So yeah, yeah he's going to run, he's going to run slower than 1035. Um, but it'll be fun to see him. He's going to be massive. His body is just going to be so much bigger than everyone else because uh, mm. he's he's a jacked football player going up against these tiny skinny i mean in a, in a way sprinters are skinny compared to football players see this yep. photo here of dk metcalf in high school he's a, he's a giant like he he's just a, he's he's a frankenstein on that track uh so and i highly doubt he's getting into track shape by slimming down uh he's getting ready for another season of football so I'm excited to see it. It's going to be fun. Um, yeah. I here's why. 1035. Yeah. Yeah. Here's why I put it at 1035. I'm probably overthinking a little bit, but I just think he wouldn't have signed up if he didn't think he was at least going to put out a respectable showing. And again, maybe I'm overthinking it there. And he has had a couple months to do some sort of track training and track is obviously a sport. You can know where you stand in track because you can get someone to get a watch and time you now it's not going to be fully automatic timing it's not going to be perfect but you can at least know and compare yourself and say hey in this field i'm gonna get smoked or this field i'm gonna be i'm gonna be just fine i think the blocks are definitely going to be an issue i think a good question to ask here and i think i know where your answer is going to be because if you're saying over on the 1035 you don't think he's going to make the final but i'll just put it out there do you think he has a chance of making the final against this is a pretty go good field Gordon, I mean, this is not an Olympic final, but this is a pretty good field here. Uh, Quay, let's bring up the the list. Do we have the start list? So 
Is it going to be a nine-person final or eight-person final? Either way, so let's just say nine. Win. Let's give him the benefit of the doubt. Let's say nine people in the final. Does DK Metcalf make the final? Okay, I see one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I see like eight guarantees better than him. So, no, he won't. I don't think he'll make the final. If I see if I see eight guarantees faster than him, the odds of him being that ninth person very slim. So I'll say no. Yeah, I'm with you. I think no is the answer. It doesn't take me as long as you did to figure it out. I know the PRs <laughs> of these guys. I know the experience of the guys. I think there's a chance he catches one or two. Somebody has an off day. He runs really well. But if you're saying he's going to run, you know, a lot of people are saying 10-4, 10-5, even 10-6. Look at where that places in fields that are this good. It's pretty far back. Right against this type of like if you have Ronnie Baker, you have Kyrie King, you have Craven Gillespie, you have Isaiah Young, you have Mike Rogers, and on and on and on and on. The guys getting left are the ones running the 10 twos, not the 10 threes or 10 fives, even. You know what's gonna happen though? He's gonna get smoked, but the national media will look at he only lost by 0.3 seconds. Clearly, with something off of both records, seven seconds. He'll 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 be like with zero training, NFL player shows up and is within less than a second of world-class runners. That's going to be the headline because people don't comprehend that like 0.5 seconds and 100 meters is like a lot. But, you know, national media is getting national media. But that's how it well, goes. Put this, put this poll hey, up man, again. It's fun. It's, I'm excited to watch it. I think this poll is interesting, right? So this is our audience, right? This is a flow track audience and 40% thinks 10.0 to 10.2. So the flow track audience, I would guess, a little more knowledgeable about track and field than the general public. And I think where that comes from, this is just a hypothesis here. First of all, they know 10-2 is still not crazy fast, even though you're right. National media would lose their mind if he ran 10-2 because he would beat a bunch of people. And then they'd say, oh, he's only seven-tenths of a second off Usain Bolt's record. But also, <laughs> I think they're thinking of this in terms of, okay, let's just compare him to high schoolers. Right? Like, what's the high school top 10 list right now? Oh, a 10-5 gets you about in the top 10 of high schoolers? DK Metcalf's a pro. You know, he's been, he did track in high school, and then he went on, and he's only gotten faster since. That's probably what people are thinking. And they're thinking to themselves, man, would DK Metcalf be the 10th best high schooler in the, hey, in the country right now? If you take in non-win legal times, 10-5 is like top 50, not even top 10. Like, there's a lot of guys who, whether it's 2.5 win to 4.0 win to no win, to no win reading sure, available, sure. you know, there's fit, there's a lot of talented sprinters in the country. You know, I just think that it's going to be fun. I'm, do you know what I'm looking forward to? What I plan on doing is when he runs his mark, my first tweet from Flowtrack is say, DK Metcalf, is the blank fastest high schooler in the nation right now is the oh. all you know would have finished all time two millionth place all time in the history of the 100 meter dash that's my plan mm -hmm. so anyway i'm just like right now his miles per profile his, that's travis miles changing per the password Twitter account you can't do that yeah his, his miles per profile got a great photo you know yeah dk metcalf man he got he, 
He's a. Uh, I think he's the only one with a professional like Getty Image photo for his uh, milestone profile. Gotta love it. Yeah. No, I think also what people are doing here is they're doing a lot of math based on how fast he ran down Baker in that viral clip and trying to extrapolate what he would run over 100 meters without pads from blocks. There's just so many variables. Like we all know it was fast, but I think people are using that information and they're either using it to make him sound like he's going to run way, way, way fast. Or also I've seen track people use it to say, well, he's way, way, way slow. But it's just, there were so many weird instances about, that was a play on a football field. You can't read too much into it. I think the better data we have is the 40 time, the times from high school. But this, I think Gordon is what makes it fun, right? Because if this was a guy who already went, ran in college a couple of years and went to the conference meet and ran 10, three, 10, we'd already have a good idea. But because in high school, he didn't really run the hundred, there's just so much mystery about it. So in a way, he's the perfect guy to do this, to attract the most attention and speculation going in, because he has so little info about his his 100-meter potential, other than one viral clip on a football field, which you can interpret several different ways. Yeah, I mean, if you take a 14-minute 5K runner and throw him in the Olympics, he's going to get smoked. But if you take a 14-minute 5K runner and throw him in the Wyoming high school state championship, he's going to smoke everyone else. It's like perspective <laughs> does crazy things to the eye. I don't know why I shit on Wyoming state, but you know, yeah. I just had to pick, yeah. I had to pick one state and I picked Wyoming. I apologize. No, no disrespect to, to Wyoming. Uh, one more thing on this, on this topic. Cause while we're, we'll start with, with football discussion here to begin the show. Um, Pat McAfee, whose podcast you watch diligently released his four by one team of NFL players. And he says that they would win the gold medal, but we'll put that aside and how ridiculous that statement is. But here's his, his, his squad right here. Uh, so we have McCole Hardeman. We have DK Metcalf. We have Scotty Miller and we have Tyree kill on that squad. This isn't even the best football four by one squad. The best football four by one squad obviously would not get anywhere near the top US team. It would not get near the top collegiate team. It wouldn't even be close. So let's just put that aside. But I did some research. It did not take me long to realize this is just not a good construction of a squad. He's got one of the four right on here. The one he has correct, obviously, is Tyreek Hill. DK Metcalf, I'll put an asterisk by. I'll say DK has a chance to get on my football four by one team. And I'm for clarity, this is active guys, guys in the league right now. DK has a chance. He can run his, his way on. McCall Hardeman's not on the team. Scotty Miller, as far as I can tell, Gordon, his qualifications are that he said he was faster than Tyreek Hill, but he's got a 10-5 PB from college. So he's not on the team. And if the only criteria was challenging the fastest guy, you're going to get a lot of people on the team that aren't that good because a lot of the faster guys aren't the ones who talk. Here's my team. Okay, so I'm going to keep Hill. Obviously, he ran 20.14 in high school. He has a sub 10 second time wind aided. I'm going to put him on the squad. I'm putting Marquise Goodwin on the team. Wide receiver, kick returner for the Bears. Olympian in the long jump. Now, 
not the same long jump, not the same as the hundred. But if you remember a couple of years back, Gordon, uh, we saw Tyreek Hill. I'm sorry, this is Tyreek Hill just tearing up a 200 right now. A couple years ago, we saw they did that 40 competition. Do you remember Ocho Cinco sponsored that? And Marquise Goodman got the win in that. So he's still fast. He's still sharp. So Hill, Goodwin, I got two other spots here. So I'm taking an alternate because I have, I have three names. You obviously, Anthony Schwartz, you have to consider Anthony Schwartz in there as well based on what he did in high school, into college. Anthony, Dante Jackson, Anthony, cornerback. Anthony Schwartz is in a, I guess, is, is Anthony Schwartz technically an NFL player? He hasn't signed the contract. Okay, so, okay, we'll put Anthony Schwartz aside. We'll put Anthony Schwartz aside. No alternates then. My other two guys, I'm rolling with Dante Jackson, cornerback for the Panthers. Uh, he was runner-up to Goodwin in that 40. 10-2-2 at LSU. Gordon, 10-2-2 at LSU. That's legit. And then Raheem Mostert. Running back, 49ers, multiple-time Big Ten champ for Purdue, and ran 10.28. That's my squad. Metcalf can get on it if he does well. Schwartz, I don't know the status of where he's at in terms of a, an NFL contract, but he's in the mix as well, too. But again, that's the best we can do, and that team obviously not touching the best in the world. First of all, before I even say what my – NFL four by one is I got to give Pat McAfee credit for, you know, using a lot of hyperbole and being very, uh, just like great statements. You know, you got, you got to go big. You got to say they're going to win Olympic gold, even though it's complete bullshit, but it's fun to Schwartz say. Is it. On the Browns. Uh, Schwartz is on the Browns. Yeah, so he's in, he's, he's in. on the Browns, the but he, he just got drafted. He's not officially on. He has yet to play a, a single down on the Browns. He's okay. not. All right. He has yet to make the uh, active roster. Thinking? Uh, my team, team uh, so I sent uh, a tweet to Travis. I actually thought of this idea in June of 2020. So Travis will try to find my tweet, but we'll bring it up. <laughs> this is my team. And not only is this my NFL team, this is my <laughs> NBA team. This is my PGA team. This is my MLB team. This is my UFC team. This is my NHL team. This is my NASCAR team. I'm going oh, all man. in on all sports. We want a all sports four by one, and every one of these sports will get smoked by Team USA, obviously. But yeah, my NFL team would be Marcus Goodwin, Ted Ginn Jr., who is the one who has talked a lot of, of smack about saying he's the fastest man, uh, but he's not the one showing up on the line. Deshaun Jackson, he may, yeah, he may, yeah, Deshaun Jackson, maybe 35, but hey, man. I'm a Philly diehard for life. I got to put him on there. And then Tyree Kill. Um, the one person who I also may – I may replace Deshaun Jackson with Jalen Rager, who actually was, like, all state in Texas in sprinting. So, yeah, I think they won the 4 by one when he was in high school. So, he's a Texas kid. So, they, they know how to run. Um, but, yeah, Tyree Kill – Tyree Kill's legit. Um, but even Tyree Kill, who is legit – I think he's not as fast now because he's like gotten bigger. Sure. You know, sure. you he's just like Tyree Kill, even though he's run twenty point oh or twenty point one, I don't think Tyree mm -hmm. Kill could run his PB in the next four months. Mm -hmm. Like too much weight. That's just how sprinting goes. It's been too long. Yeah. Like Okay. Yeah. I looked 
back to the annals of history, though, I tried to find the best all-time NFL team. Not an all-star team, but what year would have had the fastest group of active guys. And I found it. There's no other NFL team touching 2013. So you had Goodwin coming off his Olympic appearance in the long jump. Then you had Trendon Holiday, who was a 10-flat guy, who was second in USA's in 2007. He made the team decline the spot to go to training camp. That's how fast Trendon Holiday wow. was. He had legit track speed. Jeff Demps, we know, super fast, 10.01. He had a 9.90 wind-aided personal best. And also active that year was Jacoby Ford, who was a 10.01. So you had Goodwin plus three guys who were legit 10 flat, high 9.9 guys, all in 2013 in the league. That's the team. That team could have won the NCAA meet. That team. The team right now, I would take Houston over them. I would take LSU over them. Yeah. They're not cutting it. Well, Pat McAfee's not a really good track coach. Uh, his, uh, I'm not sure if <laughs> I didn't watch that clip, but his his um, co-host, um, AJ Hawk, is a high school track coach, like a mm -hmm. volunteer high school track coach. So he might be biting someone like, hey, man, you don't know how fast some of these kids are. Like, I, I respect NFL speed, but I'm seeing these high schoolers go out there running 10-5. I don't, I don't yeah, see yeah. these pros doing that, you know. But anyway, we've been talking about this way too much for a less than 11-second race. Is there anything else happening at this track meet, man? We just spent, what, 25 minutes on 11 seconds of content? We need, we need, to, we need to expand our track talk. Yeah, so we have some big names going in virtually every event. Lyle's in the two, Norman in the four. 800 for the men is basically a trials preview. 1500 has some big names. You see Evan Jager, who's going to uh, debut in the, the steeple for the season. And McGordy's going to make his lifetime debut. Ry Benjamin. Women's 100 with Shakira Richardson. Women's 2 with Miller Weibo and Felix. I mean, you just go down the list. Eleanor Purrier in the 15. The women's 8 should be good. I, I guess I should ask you what I'm guessing the men's 8 is the most intriguing matchup for you because it's literally the top four or five guys in the in the country all racing this weekend at Mount Sac on Sunday. Yeah, and I never thought we would see this. I never thought we could see the three <laughs> best runners all together. Props to them. Right? to them. Yeah, like, round of applause. We're actually seeing real track races because they could have easily been like, hey, I'm going to do a different event at this meet, or hey, I'm yeah. going to zig and go to sound running and zag and go here and just to make sure we don't really match up in our prime event until the trials. But, I mean, I'm excited to see Hopple versus Brazier. I mean, yes, mm -hmm. Murphy's in there and a, and a few others. But really, to me, it really comes down to a two-person two race. But mm -hmm. don't be surprised if you scroll down on the entries. We'll bring the entries up on the screen. Uh, but if you scroll down, there's a man from Kenya all the way at the bottom. Michael Cerrone. It. It's coming. Michael Cerrone, man. Michael Cerrone, got, I got to love my UTEP boys in career and Cerrone. I think Cerrone might be able to break up the Hopple-Brazier 1-2 that we're all expecting. Um, mm -hmm. And, uh, I mean, I mean, Cerrone's run 143. That's, I mean, I could see, like, it going Donovan, Cerrone, Hopple, and that being, that being the order. What are your thoughts? Cerrone just got by Harris in that Hayward meet. 
I see him closer to Harris than he is to Brazier or Hopple. I'm assuming Brazier and Hopple are going to be in great shape and just ready to rip one based on what they did indoors. And then they ran that 1500 at, at Hayward. I think this is going to be, this is going to be the first sign that the American record is going to be broken at the trials. And they're going to both go sub 143 at the trials because this thing is going to go out quick. And it's cliche to say this person doesn't like to lose, but we know for a fact Bryce Hopple hates losing to a point that he won prelims when he didn't need to. And I think Brazier wants to hold on to his spot. I don't think he has any interest in, in losing, especially to another Americans. So I think this, be, this is going to be a great race. I'm so happy that we have it. I don't want to say it was worth not having them race indoors, but I'm going to live in the moment. I'm going to be uh, appreciative that we get to see the, I guess you could say the big four right now, and particularly those big two squaring off in the, in the eight. Uh, men's four. I mean, what, what can you say? I guess it just depends on Norman. Um, same thing with the men's two. I'm kind of excited to see Lyles, Bednarik, and Arian Knighton all together because you could say, hey, you could see that being the team, potentially. I mean, obviously, you, you wouldn't want to discount Terrence Later and some other guys. But there's just a, a lot of these fields have two legit people you think could make the U.S. team in them. Yeah, it's going to be good all around. The question is, will we get good performances? I mean, the Oregon meet two weeks ago mm -hmm. the weather wasn't really sprint friendly uh mount sac hopefully it's going to be bright and sunny and uh hot yeah. and basically give lyles a chance to really run in the 19 mids to 19 mid highs to kind of show yeah. that like hey man i may be getting beat by trayvon bromel and justin gatlin's of this world in the 100 but don't forget i'm world 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 class in this 200 and i have a chance to show it um Outside of Lyles in that race, I mean, Kenny B could throw down a really big mark. Kenny B is kind of yeah. the the one runner who kind of flies under the radar because he's he's good in the four, he's good in the one, he's good in the two, he's probably best in the two. He has yet to really put down like a performance at a championship level meet where it's like, whoa, watch out. He has some fun like wind aided marks and random <laughs> fast marks here and there. But he got injured at the trial at the USA's in 2019. We never got to see his true form. Maybe Kenny B could like surprise if Kenny B shows up and like upsets Lyles in a fast time. That would be like mm -hmm. shocking. Like, uh oh, watch out for for Kenny yeah. B. That's that would be my one little trinket or nugget in this race is seeing how Ben Narek, uh does against Lyles. Mm -hmm. 1500. Oliver Hoare, I think you'd have to say he's the favorite based on what he did in Eugene, representing Australia. By the way, you can watch this meet live on Australia, live on Flow Track in Australia. Will the number 335 be broken by someone other than Hoare or Justin Knight? Will a U.S. guy break it? Mohamed's in there from Canada. There's a lot of fast people in here. Craig Engels, he already has a standard. I guess just someone who does not have the standard from the U.S., will they get the standard in this meet? I'm going to go with a no, but here's the thing. I'm going to kind of step back. Uh, on Wednesday, I re-released the who has the standard, who doesn't, who has, who's in the field for USA's, who's not. Mm -hmm. And what I came to is if you look at who's in, if you, if you bring up, let's bring up the 5K 
standard uh, list at US, uh, for USATF. So it's we'll scroll down. We'll bring it up on the men's 5K. It'll bring mm. it up on the screen. So if you look at, all right, top guys, obviously Kincaid, LeMong, Centro, they all have the standard. They've all run sub 13, 13, the Olympic standard I'm talking about. But if you keep on scrolling down, there's two guys. Cooper Tier, keep on going. If you keep on scrolling. Nicole Hawker. And you notice their only their best times are 1317 and 1319, respectively. So they neither of them have the Olympic standard of 1313. But if the Olympic trials were today and they both were finished top three, they would go to the Olympics because they are in the world ranking quota. And basically, what I'm looking at is if you're top three at the, the trials, you are, especially in distance events, you are highly, yeah. highly likely to get a high enough world ranking where you're not going to need the standard. So these 1500s, when we talk about, oh, only three have the standard, uh, if there's a random steeple guy here or a steeple girl here or whatever, they're going to get in via world ranking. So even yeah. the craziness of a Nico Young, who's only run 1324, all he's got to do is really run – 13 20 one more time and he'll probably get in on world ranking so the standard really isn't going to be that necessary i've looked at the numbers and basically you don't need a world standard that's basically what it comes down to you don't you just need to throw together if it's a mid-distance of ace have at least three solid performances like three 337s or three 336s and for a 5K, have two good 5Ks, and you'll get in. And by good, I mean like 1320s. You don't need to run 1313. That's so listen, what I learned. That, that means we can ignore the clock and just watch Oliver yes. Hoare try to destroy everybody from the get-go. So that'll be fun. You don't even need to pay attention to the time. It'll just be Hoare going for it flat out because that's how that guy races, and it'll be super exciting. Steeple. I want to get your opinion on the steeple, though. Because we have Jagger making his season debut and we have McGordy making his debut at the event in general. What do you think of his decision to have a go at the steeple? I mean, he's looking at the 5K field and he's looking at the 1500 field and the 10K and he's recognizing my best chance and seeing Isaac Updike, not, no offense against Isaac Updike, but he's probably like, I can beat an Isaac Updike if I can get, if I can learn how to hurdle well. And I'm sure he has probably the greatest training partner for hurdling in the nation in Evan Jager because he's going to tell him what to do. Um, I think that McGord, if McGorry can learn how to, to hurdle barriers, I mean, he's a 13 0 guy. He should yeah. 100% be able to run in the 820s, if not 18s. Um, and we saw it like, the steeple is is really a, it's a weird event. You uh, it doesn't really always have the best of the best, and it's that one event where you kind of can zig while I say this a lot zig while everyone is zagging and be like, hey, I found a, an avenue where I can make teams because yeah. not everyone wakes up every day to be like, my dream is to become a steeple chase Olympian, like. They kind of think first the mile, you know, you think the mile, you think the 5K, you think the marathon. Steeplechase is that weird distance event that you kind of have to, you have to, no one's going to give it to you. You have to, you have to go for it. Right? You don't, 
mm-hmm. do the steeple in high school. You you have to ask your coach to steeple in college. You're mm-hmm. like, oh crap! Now we gotta have steeple practice. We had that one athlete who wants to steeple now, right? Um, yeah. I think I think McGordy's gonna run well. Evan Jager, I'm not sure how he is health wise, um, but yeah, I think McGordy runs sub 13, 25. 8.25. Not 13, sorry, 8.25. Excuse me. I think he runs sub 8.25. And if you think, hey, man, isn't this late to be switching events or trying to go for the trials in a new event? Go back to 2012. Jager made the debut at Mount Sac. A few weeks later, he ran at Oxy, and that was it. But it was clear early on this guy is going to be a, a threat. I was at that Mount Sac meet, and it was just like, oh, you just took all this talent and then put it into the steeple, you're going to be good. You can you can figure out how to get over the barriers. Yeah. And that year at Oxy, he, he tripped on, I think it was the last water jump coming for home, but he still ran really fast. And you think, okay, a couple more races, you're only going to get better at, at the event, right? It's not one of the – there is a technical component that makes you better with just more more experience. So I, I'm excited. It adds another dynamic to the to the steeple race here at the trials. Yeah, and I think um, the fact that we saw Kabeni and and Bohr not run really do too well at the previous race, we saw Bayer retired. We don't know Evan Jager's full full health. There is definitely an opportunity, and McGordy could be seeing himself making his first Olympic team because him and his coach had the the idea to be like, "Hey, let's let's steeple, let's go for it." Yeah, spread out the Bowerman people. I think that's the strategy here try to get as many people on the team as possible uh let's focus on some of these women's races the 100 headlined by shakari richardson who right now has the greatest twitter account in all of track and field she'll be racing for the first time after her 1072 solid field behind her though daniels gardner prandini stuff veronica campbell brown in there brianna williams do you think richardson's gonna go quicker than her her 1072 Hold on, put that tweet back uh, up. I sent you the greatest tweet in, in in a Twitter account right now in track and field. Let's let's put let's give her some give her her due here. Most track guys can barely beat me, so speed is speed, period. I love it. How great would it be if uh DK Metcalf runs 1073? <laughs> oh, no, what if he runs a 1068 and then later on in the same meet she runs a 1067? Ooh, that'll be even better. That'll be a better yeah. one ups it. <laughs> that'll be oh my god. I want that to happen though. That'll be hilarious. I mean, she's on fire. Uh mm-hmm. I think the question is you don't want her to be too on fire, right? It's still mm-hmm. only May. You want to be your best yeah. form in August. So hopefully she's not uh using up too much of her fuel now. Um I think if she was smart. I mean, I'm not smart, but that sounds condescending because I have no idea. I'm not her coach yeah. or I have no, I don't have her abilities, but I would think that she should like approach these races, not about like, Hey, I need to run. I need a PR every time. It's just like approach them. Yeah. Like, Hey, I need to focus on my start or my finish. And just like, I'm, I'm going to get the win. I know I'm going to win, but I just gotta, you know, keep on mm-hmm. improving the little details and wait till August to really go all in and use up all the jet fuel you have left on in the Olympic final. And we don't really know how quick this track is. They've had some competitions there 
more low key stuff. So we we just don't know how fast it's going to be. I'm assuming it's going to be quick because it's a, a brand new facility. Women's 200, Shauna Miller Weibo, Allison Felix, Brittany Brown, who medaled at the Doha World Championships, Lena Irby, Gabby Thomas. This will be an interesting one, especially because you know Miller Weibo is saying she's going to do the two. Uh, that's going to be her preferred event. So I want to see how quickly she runs. You know, she ran 49.0 in the four, and you're thinking, well, man, you're, you're pretty good at that event too. So is she going to run something comparably fast in the two? She's probably looking at competition worldwide to make that uh, decision as well. Got a new training partner out there in Wade Van Niekirk, who is now training with that same same group. And with Felix, people are saying Felix, she said she's focusing on the two. What I've heard is she's going to run both at the trials, which would make sense. They're separate in the schedule, so you can run the, the 400 and the 200. But there's definitely people in this Felix, if she's going to be a threat in the two or even the four, there's people in this race that she would need to finish in in front of. So I, I'm just excited. Watching Shawna Miller Weibo race is always a it's always a treat. You 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 when you watch her, you're like, this is one of the greatest athletes in the world, hands down. What do you what's your take that she's focusing on the two? Miller Weibo or Felix? No, Felix. Oh, because... I think she's focusing on. I think she's focusing on both. I, I, you know, we've talked about the relay concept before. It doesn't, it would yeah. not make sense to not run the 400 if you're trying to get on the Olympic team because getting fourth in the 200 is Does nothing for not you. the same as getting eighth in the 400 in terms of getting on onto the re re relay team. So I don't, listen, the women's two in the United States, There's uh, it's obviously open, right? Because you don't know if Richardson's going to run it. If Richardson Richard doesn't run, run it. it, well, if she doesn't, the team going like that, that team in Doha, you know, Brittany Brown, Angie Nellis were the top two. They were not on anybody's radar heading into that meet. Now they acquitted themselves really nicely. Before we've talked about before, it's it's pretty open. You know, there's not a Shawnee Miller Weibo right now in the United States in the 400 or a Saul Eid Nasser in the United States in the 400. I just think Felix was trending up in distance, so it made sense for her to, to stick with the four. Maybe she's just trying to give herself as many shots to get on the team as possible. But I think she's going to finish in the top eight in the 400, so she's going to get that spot on the team. But the two is going to be tough with, you know, Prandini's been running well, Thomas, Brown. I don't know about Nellis. You see the top there. There's a list right there. Steiner, Sturgis. Richardson obviously is the big one where, okay, if she runs, you figure she's going to qualify, but you just don't know if that's, if she's actually going to run it, right? You don't know in her first Olympics, if she's going to try to take on the double, uh, I hope, because hopefully that'll mean double the amount of tweets if she doubles, but we, we, we can't be too sure. This confidence, more and more I look at the, the field. I mean, yes, we haven't seen some of the top women really run in their top form yet they've kind of been yeah. slow to get to there especially in the 400 but felix she's ranked 17th in the 200 and she's ranked what 23rd in the 400 mm -hmm. yeah i don't know about you but if like that's, that's <laughs> yeah one's not that the other. good that's not that good right she doesn't even have the olympic standard like she doesn't have the olympic i mean she'll get in on rankings quota if she were to finish top three or whatever but like, she doesn't really run a serious 400, though. I mean, that's not – that would – she would get it as soon as she, she runs it, I think. Well, she ran 551.36. That's at USA's. 
right? I think, well, I know that was when she was coming. That was her first meet. That was her debut. I think she could run faster than that right now. But when you say 17 versus finishing in the 20s, I think a point that you're bringing up there is, hey, maybe the 200 is easier than the 400, despite what we thought. Maybe that maybe there is more of a chance of the 200. But then you factor in the 400, finishing in that, just making the final is is a victory. What do you think about Miller Weibo? Yeah. I would be bummed if she didn't run the quarter because I want to see her and Sawi Nasa run. You want to see the two best people in their event run. So I I hope she runs that, but I totally understand. You know what they should do mm. for uh, the Olympic trials in the four hundred. They should qualify like nine. They no, they should qualify nine oh. to the final. Put a little bit drama who doesn't get to go to the Olympics, who finishes ninth. But see, how many people know watching at home that all those people will be in the relay pool? Basically nobody, because probably a lot of track and field people don't don't understand about the four by four pool, let alone the the mixed gender four by four pool. Yeah, hey, uh, it'd be good little drama. I'll be excited about that. Women's eight is women's eight's really interesting. There's a bunch of different things going on in the women's eight. So you have obviously internationally Laura Muir and Gemma Riki. Muir looked really good in that 1500. So it's it's gonna be fun to see her. U.S. side of things, Raven Rogers is is the top entrant for the U.S. And then you have people like you know Brenda Martinez. She's someone I named early on. Like I'm not I'm not counting her out, but we're we're getting down to it. I want to see what she has. Kate Gray, same thing. And then Sinclair Johnson. Maybe maybe a sub two for for Sinclair Johnson. She's a good in some fifteen hundreds. Um, I don't think they would still keep her in the, the fifteen hundred, but it's possible to run fast enough to where you you run yourself out of that spot. I just like this event because there's going to be a lot we can take from the results. Well, I think the eight hundreds after the fifteen hundred at the Olympic trials. So I think Sinclair is gotcha. just trying to have a spot on the starting line if she you know, to come back and run the eight if she doesn't make the 1,500-meter team. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, bring the list up. I mean, Bishop, she's run 157, but that was a long time ago, obviously. Uh, yeah. I don't know. The, the the women's 800 field isn't isn't what – I don't know. I'm not as excited about it compared to the men because you're not really – you're getting a lot of, like – 1500 meter like a Laura Muir, uh Sinclair Johnson, Kate Grace. Um mm. you're not really getting the I mean Raven Rogers is in there but Raven hasn't been running like the like a top 3 in the world yeah. runner lately. I mean, I want to see I mean we want to see like an Aji Wilson versus the Thing Mo, right? That's what we want to see. We just yeah. have to wait. I guess we have to wait till the trials for that though. Yeah, but this is still pretty yeah, this is still pretty good. Yeah. This is still pretty good in terms of figuring out who's where. Uh, before we move to the the 15 and the, the rest of the, the events here, we'll run through those pretty quick. Kurt so many up events, in the chat. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll zoom through them. we got to go pretty quick here. Um, Kurt brings up in the chat, don't forget McLaughlin and Muhammad for the 400 pool, which is true. You can pull people from other events, but they're still allowed to take people. Yeah. They still traditionally have taken people. Now, whether or not they decide to run them in Tokyo – that's a different story, whether or not they run them in the first round or they run them in the final or they don't run them at all. They run them in the first round of the two by two by four or not. two. I keep calling the two by two by four. That's the other gimmick relay, the mixed gender relay or run them later. Like that's that's up for the the coaching staff to decide. But they're going to bring a big squad of 400 meter runners because they're not going to want to make a decision in 
the beginning of the meet, they're going to want to see how things pan out. Who's who's healthy. My thing is, yeah, because I'm not betting against Jenny Simpson, and I'm not betting against Allison Felix. That's just that's just my thought process going into these championships. What were you saying? You might be. Let's make that bet. I'll make a bet with you that Jenny Simpson won't make the team, and Allison Felix won't finish top eight in the 400. Oh, okay. I will take that bet. Yeah. Do we have uh we have witnesses here, uh, live witnesses on on YouTube? I will. I should I gladly for the, for that. record. I what what do what nope. I win, what do I get for winning this bet? I'm just bragging rights. I don't want to. You know, you Lincoln had all those bets, and he ended up, you know, being in a deficit and having to move out of the city. So we're not going to go down it. We're just bragging rights is all I want over you. We got to okay. keep rolling here though. Fifteen hundred. I'll just run through the rest of these. You tell me what you want to talk about. Uh, Purrier's in there, Gabrielle B. Stafford. 5,000, Molly Huddle is the headliner. Simpson was in there, and then she scratched Steeple. Frerichs is the headliner. Uh, high Hurdles, Harrison Harrison, Sidney McLaughlin, Don Harper Nelson. Then four Hurdles, we get to see Shamir Little and Ashley Spencer, which would be fun. Yeah, I mean, it's um, uh, when are we going to get Sydney in a, a 400 hurdle? I, th- I think it's interesting, the, the, the training approach that she's cons- – this will be her third, or she's run the 60 hurdle indoors, and then she'll mm-hmm. this will be her third 100 meter hurdle outdoors. Um, it's a very interesting, you know, th- race tactic design, not race tactic, like race schedule Season strategy tactic. that she's implementing, yeah. where she's really focusing on speed. Um, you see this race that she had uh, on the screen right now from Brian Clay, uh, and she's she improved that time later on. Uh, she's Maybe she, I mean, I don't know, eventually, if she keeps on improving, she ran 12.92 in that race. I think she then ran, ran 12.86. She comes out here and runs like 12.7, and she just okay. keeps on ratcheting it down. You never know. All of a sudden, she'll be kind of like uh, the one, uh, maybe become a 100, 400 hurdle doubler, kind of like Ken Harrison double. was at, at, at Kentucky, you know? So we'll see. Yeah. I do have one uh, interesting note. About a not another meet. I'm not sure if you saw the news. Did you see this news that the Oregon Track Club has withdrawn all their athletes from the Oregon Twilight? Yes. Yes. What are your Oregon thoughts Club. on that, uh, Travis? See if we can bring up the um, the tweet. So if you go to OTC Elites Twitter handle, um, you'll be able to find the tweet, and we can read it to the people. So, Travis, our go-to producer. We have two producers. We got Elon with the camera. We got Travis with the tweets. Yesterday's news. We got two people oh, there. Who finding was, OTC yeah. Twitter. This is fun watching him try to find the Oregon Track Club uh, Twitter account. There we I'll go. Just I explain. think that's the one. Just Boom. Explain. Here yeah, we go. They put out read, read the tweet. Well, people. Well, due to an abundance of caution, Oregon Track Club has decided not to compete the Oregon Twilight Meet. Although all nine members entered in the meet have been fully vaccinated and tested negative for COVID, a contact tracing issue has arisen with one athlete. Thus, the club has come to the regrettable conclusion that for the safety of all involved, especially other athletes, it would be best to withdraw from the meet. There you go. I still don't – I'm really curious. We talked about this before. I know you and I have talked about this with coaches before, what the procedure is going to be at the Olympic trials, how they're going to determine the testing regimen, how they're going to determine the contact tracing regimen. Everybody in the United States – is going to have the opportunity to be vaccinated before then. And it's my understanding that 
if you're vaccinated, the, the contact tracing rules aren't applicable to you, right? Like the, 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 the indirect contact or whatever, right? Now, if you have a positive COVID test, that's, that's different. But basically, that's the way to make sure that you don't get contact traced out of a, a competition. But I mean, you still see it in the NBA. You still see in the NBA, and I don't know if the, the I don't know the circumstances around the case, but you still see people sitting out and missing games be, be because of it. So I think one of the huge questions going into the trials is going to be what the procedure is going to be around it. Yeah, I mean, I don't matter. want to get into like a COVID debate, but fully vaccinated, tested negative, you should be at this meet. There, the abundance of caution. There's, there's, you're not. There's no one who's going to be in danger. You're fully vaccinated and like what are we doing here? Are we just gonna like if you see someone sneeze all of a sudden you have to hunker down for ten days? Like this is stupid. You're fully vaccinated and you tested negative. You should be able to run a freaking track meet outdoors where everyone like come on. It's not that that standard, the standard that I don't think that would be tenable at the trials, right? Yeah, why are they doing this was the trials? why, Why is OTC doing this? Who, I have no idea. Are, all I'm saying saving? is they're not saving anyone's life. They're fully vaccinated and they're saying, negative. They should run a track meet. Right. Stupid. That's what I'm saying. My, 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 my point that I'm trying to make is if they do this at the trials, if this is the procedure at the trials or this is the expectation of the trials, there's going to be a lot of people missing events because of this. Because the odds are that someone comes into contact with somebody, be it a friend, a family member, a trainer, a hotel employee, a restaurant. Like there's so many people, an, another athlete from a different event. There's so many people you come in contact with. Um, that's why I thought the way that athletes would prevent this and the way that meat organizers would prevent it would be, you know, encourage as much as you can to take these steps ahead of time. So that way you do not end up being contact traced out. So yes, I, I, I hear what you're saying. And if they applied this to the trials, I think you'd have a lot of people missing races. And I think if it was the trials, it'd be a totally different story. Well, one, they won't apply to trials because they're going to want to run the trials and they'll recognize we right. we don't need to live in a bubble for our entire lives. But anyway. it's yeah. th- th- this this ex- this reasoning is so mind-boggling that it makes me want to go into conspiracy theory and make me think they are, like, hurt or they just don't want to run and they want to – they don't, don't want to feel, ba- they feel bad yeah. about – they feel bad about pulling out of the Oregon Twilight because they're the Oregon Track Club and they just need an extra week of training and they need to come up with a, a weird reason. But man, dude, like we can't be doing this. It's it's May 2021. You tested negative and you're fully vaccinated. We can't this, this can't be keep going. Like abundant no, it just can't come on. Like Leroy Burrell, look at his tweet. He just said. Yes, I'm happy to have taken my last athletics-related COVID test. Ah, the benefits of being fully vaccinated. Yeah, the benefits of being fully vaccinated. Benefits that OTC Elite apparently don't want to cash in. It doesn't make any sense. I don't know. I don't, I don't think it's crazy to think. No, look, look, the, uh, that, that statement is like la-la land. Like it's because they were in contact with someone. What? Okay. Well, yeah, and then once you say you're there, in, I don't know. We, we don't know the timing, but then when you say, and then we've all tested negative, and then you added that they're vaccinated, fully yeah, vaccinated. It, it I don't. Yeah, I'm not. We shouldn't be defending it. We we should be calling this out as like 
this that that shouldn't be going on. Like, if we want this country to get back together, we should be celebrating people who are doing great things like getting vaccinated and not say like, well, you still got to dodge people who sneeze. Come on, come on, stupid. Well, let's celebrate it by talking about the men's fifteen hundred at the Oregon Twilight. Let's do that. Cool. I just want to see schedule. OTC Elite run, right? I want to see. I want to see, I want to see uh, Chanel Price. You want to see, see Hannah Green, Green run at 800. I want to see Hannah Green. Yes. yes. That's why I exactly. want. That's, that's, where, that's where it really comes from. I want to see Hannah Green run. I just, I'm not with you on the conspiracy theory because I'm thinking nine of the nine people, at least a couple of them, were in shape and very eager to race at Hayward Field. I have no idea what's going on. Maybe we'll find out more later. Men's 1500. This is an epic race brewing. Cole Hawker. 350 indoor mile PB. Yared Nagus, reigning 1500 meter outdoor champion, making a season debut in the 1500. Cooper Tier, the collegiate record holder indoors. Tom Franken, uh, Franco, BYU 336, number six in the country this year. Casey Comer, 337, number eight in the country this year. Ryan Adams, 337, number nine in the NCAA this year. Sean Dolan, number 16 in the NCAA this year with a 338. You also got James Wessner with a 336 PB. The collegiate record held by Josh Kerr, 335.01. Gordon, usually we say, man, a million things have to go right for someone to break a record. But with this many people who are this fast in this race, I almost think it's the opposite. I'm defaulting to the standpoint that the collegiate record is going to go down unless something unexpectedly bad happens in this race. Too much talent in this race to think otherwise. Well, they do have – looks like it's going to be paced, right? They have Lewis Peralta in that race, um, 147, 800-meter guy. He should be able to take him through in 152, right? 153, 152. And they got people in there who want to run fast, right? Cole Hawker definitely wants to run fast. Yair Nagus definitely needs to run fast because he's running out of opportunities. Um Yaron Nagus doesn't even have a 1,500-meter time in the NCAA, right? So um, we know they want to run fast. We know they're going to have a rabbit. We know they're going to have the talent. I think we could see a 334. And I know we keep on saying, like, Americans don't want to run fast, but it's the pro-Americans who don't want to run, run fast. The college Americans, they want to run fast. The, the fast uh, John Galt just tweeted out, uh, let's run, uh, let's run John Galt. He's like, if anyone can guess without looking, who currently has the fastest 1,500-meter time in the country in 2021? I knew who it was. It's Walid Suleiman, a college kid who ran 336. Mm -hmm. College yeah. kids and non-American pros like to run fast in the 1,500. And I think we're going to get that in this race. And I think... We're gonna see. I'm not sure who it is. I'm not gonna say. I. I, I don't, I'm not gonna say who I think it is because I don't want to jinx myself. Why don't you say but who I think, you think we will see. Conspiracy theories. I think about, we'll see like, a 334. We will see a 334, and we'll see Josh Kerr's collegiate record go down. Who are you picking? You got to pick a person. So the person who I think is gonna win this race is the person who I also think is gonna lose at NCAA's. So I think Hawker's going to win. I think Nagus is going to be in the mix. I think Nagus gets like third, but I think Nagus. I think there's a reason Nagus hasn't run till May seventh after running a five k in 
in March. And I think yeah. he might – he pulled out of the the West Coast Relays meet. So I think he's not 100%. And so I think he's just going to get pulled along for the train here. And yeah. then hopefully with another month of training, he'll be back to his normal self. And I think that's when he will be his best he can be. And that's when I think he would win NCAAs. But I think Hawker, he's in the best shape of his life right now. I can't go against Hawker right now. But I will in a month. Because I'm Here's what you have to ask yourself when you're thinking about the collegiate record. Iliad Kipsang is the season record, season leader here. 336 flat, seventh fastest time in NCAA history. So basically, do you believe that all these guys together collectively can run one second faster than Iliad Kipsang ran in a race where he won by 10 seconds. Sure, he had some good pacing up front, but he won the race by 10 seconds. Ken Hawker, Ken Tier, Ken Nagus, Ken Franco, Ken Comer, Ken Dolan, Ken West, with their powers combined, run a time one second faster. And I think the answer definitively is yes, which is why I would be surprised if the collegiate record doesn't get broken. I would be surprised if multiple people do not break 335 in this race. Yeah. And Oregon has been putting together like quick times. Like we had the Iowa mm -hmm. State Oregon duo and they all ran the 1320 low, uh, sub 1320 area. We had, they ran fast in that indoor mile when they ran the 350 mile. They, mm -hmm. when they go for it, they get it. Um, and they got the shoes, right? They got the dragonflies. So um, I can see it happening. And um, yeah, I think we're going to see. I could agree with you. I could multiple sub 335s. Yeah, I think the winning time what's, is going to be like 334.3. What's the 350 translate to that they ran indoors? 350 for a mile. What is that? 330? No, uh, I can tell you. Three, 350 for a mile. You multiply by 1.08. 350. Hold on, 50. I've learned my. I'm going to divide it by one point. Calculator. Yeah, it's the same. Oh, yeah, 350 is a 333. It's a 333. Yeah. Right. Now, indoors, outdoors, whatever. Surface of the track, the Fayetteville track, we know that thing's fast. But on any metric, you look at this. I think the one thing that can go wrong is you get too many good people together. And we all know that sometimes that has a negative uh, bent to it sometimes because people want to win. But I think just the racing style. But not here. Of all these people. Yeah, right. Exactly. I don't think anyone in that race cares about winning. I think they all care about time. They're, they're well, just I thinking, think they, I want a fast time. I think they all care. But, well, they, they're going to get out and run like it's fast. And I think the pacing is going to be good enough to where, where that takes them through to the bell or close to the bell, and then the winning is going to kick in. And then you're going to see Cole Hawker's kick tested. You're going to see if Cooper Tier can push him a little farther out. It's going to be a great race. It's going to be really exciting. Because the person um, who is in the person who's in the lead for the third lap when there's no rabbit, that person isn't going to be like, ooh, okay, conserve energy. I want to win this race. It's going to be like, right, no, right. go as fast as oh, I possibly right. can. I need to run 335. This is going to be a completely different mentality. The depth, though, that's what's interesting. You have the top line people, people with Hawker, Nagus, 
and tier, but it's it's the depth, Franco, Comer, Adams, Dolan, like a lot of people who have run very quick times that they're going to help keep it going as well too, because they're just going to add bodies to that pack. One other meet I want to talk about, Continental Tour in Tokyo. Yeah, live on flow, baby. Yeah, in the United States, you can watch Wait, that the Mount. Let's just say the Mount Sack World Athletics meet, the one we spent a whole hour talking about, you can watch live on flow if you live in Australia. Yeah, that's why I said. Watch Ollie Hoare do his thing. Yeah. Because you're Australian. Or if you make your internet Ollie connection Hoare. in Australia, you know, either way. Well, and listen, if you're in Australia, you're probably fans. You're not just fans of Aussie athletes, right? Just in the United States. There's people who are fans of yeah. athletes all throughout the world. So you watch everybody. And maybe they're really into DK Metcalf. Maybe there's a huge Seahawks community in Australia. Hey. And this is just serendipity for them. The stars have aligned so they can watch. There's a bar down under, huge Seahawks bar that's going to go crazy for this race. So this continental tour in Tokyo, Ready, Steady, Tokyo is what it's called. Uh, Nozomi Tanaka, 1,500-meter national record holder. She got PB of 405. She's going to run the 15. And then here's a name to know because we're heading into an Olympics in Tokyo. So there's going to be focus on some of these hometown stars hatomi nia 1455 and 3020 the 3020 is a japanese record in the 10,000 should be running the 5,000 and then yuda bando for the men in the 5,000 he's got a 13 18 pb also sprint stars like yoshihindi kiryu yuki koiku will be running we've seen koiku run at stanford a couple times as well too japan always has a very competitive men's four by one. So sprints, distances, it'll be fun to see what performances come out of that continental tour meet in Tokyo this weekend. Yeah. Tokyo Mount Sac. If you're in America, you can watch the Tokyo one. If you're in Australia, you can watch the Mount Sac one. It's going to be good. We also are live at the, uh, the MIAC outdoor conference championships, which are this weekend. We're going to see North Carolina A&T. We saw them run some fast 400s last weekend. Uh, they got some great sprinters, so we could see some some fast uh, 100s, 200s, 400s in uh, Greensboro, North Carolina, live on flow. That meet is Saturday, I believe, May 8th, the MEAC Outdoor Championships. And also states, uh, man. Texas, Florida, you talked about that on Wednesday. Fast high schoolers. Yeah. It's going to be good. Good times. Yeah. You said states, but it's actually state, but I'll let that one slide here since it's a Friday. And that's a very polarizing topic amongst different states in the United States. Uh, yeah, check it all out on Flowchalk. We'll be back on Monday to recap all of this. If you haven't subscribed yet, subscribe to the Flowtrack podcast YouTube channel. Uh, you can subscribe to the show on all the audio platforms as well. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. Thank you to Travis and Elon for producing. Thanks everybody for tuning in on the live YouTube chat. Andrew asks, how about a thing most chances in the 800? They're good, Andrew. Just good chances in the 800. Talk to you guys next week.